0: This outer structure, the shell of the building, was put in sometime, probably in the second, late Second Temple period, probably by Herod, same guy who built immensely all over the all over Eretz Eretz Akhodesh. What did Herod build? You know this. Uh, guys, you guys, balance. you guys are experts. In <inaudible> <that. inaudible> we've <had>, we <inaudible> as, as far as we've had Baruch Hashem a pretty great year with touring, and with all the different places we got to get to. What what did he build? <laughs> he rebuilt, he refurbished the second base of Mikdash. What we think of the Western Wall stones, notice that's similar? The embossed stones, the framed stones yeah. to the Western Wall. What else? Kaysaria, the world's first artificial port city. We all visited Caesarea together. He he, he he visited fortresses. What is it? The Masada. He built Masada without living there. He built Masada, Rabbi. He built Masada without living there. Masada, right? He barely it's arguable it he never there. even stepped foot in some yeah, of these places. but he built it. <laughs> but, he, but he had a commission to build. It's very plausible it was that he either built it or had a commission build It's certainly the same style. But it's just the shell of the building that remains. Interior, there may not have been an interior. It was just a shell to sort of uh, to get to give uh, some kind of a interior to the I'm going to stand over here I don't want to move uh an interior to the uh, you know, some kind of protection to the to the uh, caves underground much much later arabs who referred to as the mamluks the mamluks came conquered erics uh, really in 12 1260 in the battle of engleut in the north and, and, and not far south from where we were if you remember luke forgets uh going to sipori Remember oh, yeah. Kyrgyavos and Rap? At the rap song? Kyrgyavos? Yeah. That, that, that general area was the big battle. The Mamluks conquered. The Mamluks built up the whole upper so area. Vibers was the big, ferocious Mamluk. He built what's essentially a mosque. So, Raviv, you, you said, well, it's really a mosque upstairs. Everything you see, and you can tell they invested some money in it, it was once upon a time deluxe. Intricate, ornate, or, or, ornate kind of artwork, designs, all Muslim. Um, there is a place where they have designated correctly for Adam and Chava. Adam and Chava were the first of the four couples buried in the How Maras do we Mappela. know that they, they came here? How, how do you know they're they here at Arba. The Arba, one of the definitions, look at Rashi. Rashi brings from Chazal that there are four couples who were buried in Mahas mm-hmm. So it's the Torah Shabal that, that has the tradition that they're buried here. But well, why did Adam come here? I don't know. Are you Why didn't you go to, like, Turkey or something? I don't think we know that answer. I don't <laughs> think anybody knows Fast that answer. Class is so Turkey? Okay. The tradition Turkey. is very clear. The Zora Cutler says it. Let me, let me get to one thing Turkey. at a time, but the Zorak yeah. says it. Um, so Adam, Adam and Chav are buried here, Avram and Sarah are buried here, Yitzchak and Rivka are buried here, Yaakov and Leah are buried here. There is an opinion, a later opinion that's brought down, it's from from Mason Metrus that even though Rachel would be buried and was for at least a period of time in Kever Rachel, there's an opinion that her body was reinterred and she has eternal burial also near Yaakov, here. There's such an opinion, wow. not well known. Um, so there are holy people here, and upstairs, when we go into the building, we'll be going into a mosque effectively, and upstairs are shrines dedicated with their names on the outside. Those are Muslim. The people don't realize it. it those are not... You're going to see what looks like tombs. They're not tombs. They're called, in Greek, cenotaphs. They're empty slabs of concrete. That's oh, all no. they are. With ornate, uh, you know, artwork on the outside and signs on the top that say, Lei, Menu and Yaakovim, Yaakov, Yaakov that's all, that's all it is. The real goods are downstairs. Now, Bibers, Bybers was the bad guy, the Mamalu, built in the 13th century. And when he came here, he made the place, uh, what the Nazis would call later, Judenrein. No Jews need apply. Right? Jews were not permitted to go into the building. Instead, and these are our, our musical t- accompaniment for, t- for, uh, for now, uh, after, after our balsam, and, uh, right? Uh, so, um, they're standing by the good place because oh, the what what? The, I'll tell you in a second what it is stay with me cuz I'm, I'm saying I'm trying as best I can um, to give you the basics I'm trying not to uh, speak too much that's hard for me um, I'm loving thank you but I, but you know how like <laughs> after a certain point people get to a saturation point, like okay I can't hear anymore um, so I'm trying to like but but I want you to get this and you have to understand the upstairs is a mosque they didn't let us go there so they, they instead built what were famously called the seven steps. Those don't exist anymore. You'll see a black outline along the wall where the seven steps once were. Um, and that's where they relegated the Jews. You can't come. You guys are second, third class citizens. You're Dima in Muslim, in Muslim law. And um, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to pray over there. Um, so the Jews had to satisfy themselves with davening there and the jokes on them. The jokes on the mamalus, on vibers the building okay it's a mosque I don't need to go into a mosque the cave anyway was inaccessible way down over here but close to the southwest corner where I'm diving by the seven steps I'm about as close as as I can physically get today so we're pretty good when we go to the southwest corner we'll in a few moments we'll go over there and we'll dive in there ourselves and that's as close as you can get to the cave today so we're making an argument that this is the place, it's the place the pilgrims will come, the the location is perfect, the fact that there's continuity, there are about three points in history, different phase in history, where Hebron is not open to Jews, Jews can't live here, including in the modern day, the last Jew was kicked out in 1936, and we mentioned on the bus, Jews started coming back after the Six Day War from 1968, Uh, and Jews are here. Admittedly, under uh, pretty pretty harsh circumstances, not a not a not a simple not a simple um, stay that we have in Hebron. But uh, we were talking about that yesterday. Coming back to it. yesterday, we were in even uh, dicier places, dangerous, and, um, and people said, you know, like it's just covered with Arabs and it's dangerous to come to these places. We, could, we had to look with yearning and longing into Keber Yosef in, in hostile Shem. We could only like imagine the altar for Yeshua bin Nun it was across the mountain in Hareva. You can only visit that with an army escort know. today. But uh, in the future, all this is going to be open-ended for the Jews. Now, we know that Vinyami <laughs> Mitudela writes like this. In this area, logically, the cave is right down here, and the section is called Yitzchak and Rivka. It's not a great picture, but it can give you some perspective. Um, by Yitzchak and Rivka, um, there is... It's not open to the Jews most of the year. Um, but there is a section, there's a great... Um, that covers a door, and then under that door is a whole system, a whole tu- underground tunnel system. So if you look here, if, if anybody's over here, you might wanna come over if you wanna see the pictures. Um, there's a whole underground tunnel system in the Mars Machpelah. You've got, well, we're gonna access this section. This is what they call the Yato Ben-Lea. This is what they call Avram and they uh, this is what's blocked off to us. And then the bigger section over here, ironically, is given to the Arabs. That's the Rifka and Yitzhak uh, section. That's not, that's not given to us. The real interesting section is right behind Yitzhak. Today, all you'd see is carpets that cover it. But down here under the carpets are metal grates that obscure a locked door that then obscures an underground passageway that's been filled in over the centuries by rocks, by debris, by dirt, that's almost unpassable, uh, that goes way down to the bottom, to the cave. Uh, Why is this so inaccessible today? Why is, is the right section this section over here to the south, why is that only open to the uh, to the Muslims for most of the days except for uh, 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 10 days of the year? And why is the rest given to the Jews? Uh, that's a modern story, but I'm throwing out everything to give you just the knowledge of what's what's going on. In 1994, a Jewish doctor from America originally named Karl Goldstein, uh, who had administered, who had tried to um, help save lives of many of the terrorist victims in Hebron, um, went mad. Went, went mad. Uh, went inside the Barzilai and was open to Jews and Arabs equally, and went on a shooting spree. Oh yeah. Uh, and murdered murdered some 29 Arabs. Um, and um, he was then taken and lynched on the spot. And from that point, um, the whole status quo situation changed in Mars Machpelah, and that's why it is today segregated and separated. This section for the Jews most of the year, this section for the Muslims most of the year, Um, they make a compromise exception. They, uh, ten days a year, the whole place is closed to the Jews and open to all the Muslims, and ten days a year is closed to the Muslims, open to the Jews, whole Is it time to come and get into Yitzhak and Rivka? Kolomoid, what? Kolomoid, both Kolomoids. Pesach and Sukkis. Why do I care about their hats? Right. Don't know. (laughs) But people care, they want to be able to go. It's weird if board? you notice this too. Why of all people do the Muslims get Yitzhak and Rifka? They shouldn't be so interested. They they descend from Ibrahim, I, Ibrahim and from Ismail. Yeah. Why should they care about Yitzhak and Rivka? Okay, ironies. They and want I to steal from us. First Please. of all, by Please. the way, there are postkeepers who wouldn't enter this building upstairs because of it's a mosque, and even though it's a minority view that's not accepted in the majority of the post scheme, the R'an, an Arma Sechda in Sanhedrin, the Peshushia Iran, has the, has the opinion that um, Islam is idolatrous and you're not allowed to enter a mosque. Uh, some of the modern post scheme, the Tzitz Eliezer, the Sansa Rebbe, uh, are, are, are agree with that, and they don't enter the upper building. Um, but that's the exception to the rule. The ex- the, uh, the the postkim go like the Rambam that Islam has is a lot of problems, a lot of other other negative things. Um, but it's not about a Zarah, and you can enter a mosque. You're allowed. You're, you're allowed to enter a allowed to enter the mission of Bura quotes that explicitly. Most of the postkim accept that. Rishlam al Zaman Orbach among many Gedolim has gone in upstairs. Um, but but people have misled. Upstairs you're not gonna see anything more than a mosque and a place where and I think there's Kedusha there because so many yidden have gone there and so many tears have been shed there. For that alone it's worth going and seeing. And we'll talk about we'll talk about a lot of things upstairs. The real the real place is right over here. Jacob. I don't know see louder. The that you can go to their side. Can you go to the part where you can see the locked door? No. All you see is the carpet and it's a tease. You see nothing. Now, what do we know about that? As I mentioned, what do we know about that underground area? A lot of you have asked, a lot of you know this because a lot of you have been here before. how is it standing in front of it, that I can see got here? And then you're not here, not here most of it. Um so um Come on, basic. come on. So, um, we know from many, many testimonies about the underground stuff that I mentioned. Caves and niches and four different niches for the different couples that are there. Um, we know the Jews went there, We have testimony from the times of the early Aharoni. We know that the place was closed off to us uh, until the modern day, until the Six-Day War. After the Six-Day War, there were a few kind of amateur archaeological expeditions. One of them uh, included Moshe Dayan, got this guy. Eyepatch. patch right. Moshe Dayan. Uh, he was an amateur archaeologist and permitted him to steal a lot of antiquities and take them home with him. Oh, I know. Uh, was Moshe Dayan. He got away with it. And, um, That's so loud. And, um, Moshe Dayan, I should also mention, he played a role in this as well. We mentioned this before, you're going to remember this. Um, Moshe was the, Dayan was the newly appointed defense minister for the Six-Day War. And right after the Six-Day War, he had left leanings. And um, he felt very guilty of t- for taking all these holy sites. So he came to the Marah Mabel Mar- in Hebron, re- newly, newly conquered by the Jews in a defensive war. And um, he Bocham came to the, the Wach. The Muslim religious authority, and he gave them the keys to the Marshal Kamala and said, You guys are going to be still in charge. We feel bad for winning. So here you take it, you guys will what? be in charge. That explains the status quo till today. The Muslims really determined policy within, in some coordination with the Israelis. That's the Israelis, bad. of course, are the regional power, but they gave the immediate local authority to the walk. Um He did the same with Harabais, the Temple Mount, was also under the jurisdiction of the Waqf. It's the same one. Remember, we talked about this, no? Yeah. Sounds familiar? Um, the same, the same one. Probably the most significant thing he did was, um, after the Six Day War, most local Arabs, most local Arabs fled en masse in sheer terror. They ran to Jordan, here in Shalaim. Um, the Jews, in this event, in '48, they actually evacuated them. In the Six Day War, nobody saw this coming. The whole Six Day War was just one miracle after the next. No plan, no rhyme, no reason, just a war. All Chaz deyashem. They didn't plan on taking Kravro, they didn't plan on taking all the West Bank. It fell into their hands, because did that. When all the Arabs ran away, they didn't plan that either. So they didn't tell them to get out, they didn't come with loudspeakers and say leave. But when they left, they put up um, up blockades that you couldn't come back. Bye, right? And that would um, perhaps um, prevent something called an Arab-Israeli conflict from breaking out. Because if they're not here, it's hard to have conflicts with them. Most of the the third major thing that he did after the Six Day War was to remove the blockades as a humanitarian gesture, humanitarian gesture to allow all the Arabs to come back wow. and return to their homes. And, uh, I wouldn't say it's due to him that we have the Israeli uh, Arab-Israeli conflict till today, but he certainly has a piece of it because uh, now we have a powder keg. We have a situation that's impossible. Uh, in, in, in midst, it, it explains why, why right. <laughs> in the Six Day War cleverly, the mayor was a very savvy figure. Finally figured out the Israelis in the War of Independence. The War of Independence, the Israelis fought, and um, the Arabs were not aware of them as a foe. They just assumed that they'd be barbaric, and uh, they were scared of the Israelis. But then they realized that there's a humanitarian army that. that that um, steps very lightly and doesn't want to offend the rest of the world and be subject to international condemnation, and so they finally figured out that they don't have to be so afraid of the Israelis. And he held out the white flag, surrender, and there was no battle in Hebron. And Hebron was left untouched, left alone. Today, it's one of the centers of terrorism, uh, one of the one of the hot hot spots in the in the West Bank uh, because of that. Okay, that was a digression, but it does explain a certain amount of what you see and feel around Hebron. I mentioned a couple of you. Where we are now, and we're minister, going to walk minister. around in Jewish Hebron, is a new arrangement. It wasn't always like this. <laughs> uh, this is the part that Jews go to, so the army makes sure it's mostly yeah, it's empty, staff empty, minister, mostly boys. quiet. And there aren't we so many Arabs, A few Arabs come through who have special permits. Um, you don't feel it, or realize it. but Just on the other side of the Mars Pela is a bustling city. There's a traffic jam just on the other side of that wall there. Like here, we're here in what feels like an old ghost town, lackadaisical, right? Nothing going on here, but meanwhile, it's a big city over there. That's all part of the political arrangement as well. Yeah? You understand where you're looking at? Yeah? Uh, So you show the picture, there's only six things. Right, but that's the Muslims. The Muslims are not following our tradition precisely, so they skip them and then later on they tack them on. Yes. That's our belief. Correct. That's what Moshe just asked. Adam and Chava are here. Um, you asked before, what is our source? I'm almost done. What is our source that Adam and Chava are here? Uh, Chazal say it explicitly. Rashi brings it in the pasuk. Have you heard of a little book called the Zohar? Yeah. Yep. Of course. Uh, the Zohar. Basic Judaism. Uh, basic Judaism. One of the most, hey, you know one, one, of the, one of the great books of Kabbalah that we have. In the Zohar, we hear the following story. No Avinu is uh, a shepherd, like all the avos, like all the imahos. They're all shepherds with their sheep, and one of those stories where uh, sh- one of his sheep, one of his flock fell in to a cave, and um, he went to the cave, and he smelled something unlike any smell that mortals smell. He smelled the smell of Gan Aden and he said, something's up here. And uh, he went further to explore, and this is Avram Later he came back. Later he would come back, says the Zohar, and he decided this would be a fitting burial place for the first person to be buried as part of, there was no Klal Yisrael just yet, but the foremost person of Klali Yisrael, the first one to die, of course, was Sara Imenu. And it was time to bury Sara, he said, the portal of Gan Eden, that would, make, that would be an appropriate place for a person who lived such a life, such an elevated life, uh, she belongs here. He tries to bury her, he purchases it from Ephron. He tries to bury Sarah Yemenu in this location. And there's a man and a woman there. And they say to him, No entry, no rite of passage, no, 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 no burial for that lady. And it's Adam and Chab. And Abram says to them, He says, No, no, you don't realize. She's terrific. She's a great person. This Sarah, my wife. She lived seven years, and 20 years, and a hundred years. Stand back a bit. And a hundred years, and, um, and they were all, like, just amazing these years. Every minute of her life counted. Great sedekis, you'll be fortunate to have her buried by you for eternity. Adam and Chava's response, that's why we don't want her here. See, we sinned. We sinned. She makes us look bad. We don't want to be with her for time, you know, for, for, for eternity. But we can't let her in. So Avmavinu, this is all based on the drush and the pasuk. There's an extra S, S Sariyemenu, right? The S is darshanable and, and the Zohar Darshan's. The S means that they he davened extra extra hard that they should get a kapara. And with the kapara, they said, okay, she can come in. And wow. Sariyemenu was admitted to Ghana, to Ghanaian. So. We have many such sources. I'm only giving you. A, I'm only giving you a taste of, of some of the sources that we have. They weren't they dead though? How do they speak? Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the Gemara Sota says this by ya- Yaakov Vina explicitly. Some of us were talking about it on the bus. By Yaakov Vina when he dies, it doesn't say Vayamos Yaakov. It says a slightly less common word. It says Vayigva Yaakov, and because of that, vayigva Yaakov. Uh, Chazal derived from that that Yaakov Venolomes. That's what it says. That, black and white, I didn't make it up. I just reports them, folks. I don't make right. them up. Okay, it says that Yaakov doesn't die. And by extension, the Avos Mahos evidently don't die. don't die. So theoretically, if we went So die. what are they doing there? We have things? we look, the Gemara tells the story to that effect. They they don't die. They're there. One of the Amorim so was coming and trying to mark off the areas uh, when it was still identifiable uh, with lime to make sure people knew where, where the crypt was and where it wasn't. And he actually goes down there and Eliezer, the faithful servant, was standing, standing at the entry. And um, he walks in and, he, and then he walks out. He doesn't want to go in, doesn't want, doesn't want to intrude. Because he sees a site that he's not sure he's allowed to see. Here's the Gemara. And um, he gets a message from Eliezer. He says, it's okay, Avram says you can come in. There's no problem. So he goes in and he finds something remarkable. He finds Avram and Sarah in the cutest position. The Gemara doesn't use the law, I don't know if they're, I don't know. Rabbi Lieber, how do you, how do you say cuddling in Aramaic? Cuddling in Aramaic? Kind of liar. I'm kidding. I don't know, cuddling. <laughs> well, she, well, Th- he's... he's she no, cuddling? no, no, no. He's lying. He's lying in her lap. She's looking at his head. And there's... There's, there's a lot you can in from that. But my, 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 my simple shot is they're cuddling. And Avram... Because it's based on what Avram's response is. Avram says, Oh, this? You're worried about finding us, you know, like we're together, you know, like we're husband and wife, even though it's kind of a modest... It's a chaste position. There's nothing wrong with seeing it. He said, You have to worry about this being somehow immodest. The dead don't have a Sahara so what you're seeing is purely spiritual. Husband and wife, she's looking at his head. Go darshan, go look at the mar- marsha, go look, go look at the the the, uh, the different mafarshim on this. What the story does illustrate is that they're they're evidently in some form of life. So why don't they come out then? Don't know. They, it doesn't uh, they uh, you know that you know the medrash about to... Yirmi'ah, where they all got they daven by the, 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 the all the avos come and daven for Klal Yisrael by the Horban Bayez Risham. They're all davening for us. For time immemorial, they are, I'll put this in kind of in, in prosaic terms. How's that? Hello, we can put that word? What? Prosaic terms. Okay. We put that now? I can do that now? Simple. Uh, like simple. Simple terms. They're history's cheerleaders. They care about their, their kinder. Who was it just asked me, what would you, Raviv, you just asked me this, no? What would you think if um, your great, 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 and honored grandchildren came in Davin by your kever? That'd be awesome. be awesome, right? Amishram. Right? They're here. They're part of us. Right? These other great-great-great-great-grandchildren are also here, unfortunately. Right. That's the uh, that's the Shovavim part. That's the Ishmael. Right? They're also screaming nice and loud. But um, but evidently they're, they're they're here. Can I give you one more story? One more story. And then we're gonna go diving by the stair. You know what? No, I'll, I'll give one more story. Um, there are the holy Jewish community that lived here through the ages, on and off. They were known, they were marked for their hospitality. Of course, they're the descendants of Avram and Sarah, so naturally they're going to be hospitable. It was a given when you came in. If we were to come into Hebron, 1500s, 1600s, immediately the first thing <coughs> would happen is the local host will put a bowl in your hands, a lentil, a, a lentil dish, right, with a little olive oil on it, healthy, spiced, delicious, glass of water, food for your camels, taken care of. You're always taken care of. That's the that's tradition here. Yidnid lived here, usually in a terribly low-class kind of estate, often serving their Muslim masters. In this legend, um, I, I'm trying to give—I'm trying to mix some of the stories that we know with some of the legends that we don't know for sure. All my stories are true; some of them haven't happened yet. So, in this legend, uh, the lady this is a good story. A lady was a uh, laundress. Jewish lady was a laundress by profession. She also, to make extra money, she would go and serve as a maid to the different local uh, Arab, Arab uh, dig, uh, uh, dignitaries. And um, one day she went, she left her laundry uh, bin at home, and she went to go serve as a maid for one of the local... Uh, aristocratic, aristocratic Arab ladies the Arab lady had conspired a whole plot against the local Jewish lady she said um, look what I got here she held them up she said you know what I got I got keys special keys nobody's allowed in the cave downstairs I can unlock the, uh, the latch we can go down in there together come and join me The Jewish lady was a little tentative, she didn't know about this, but she joins her Arab mistress. She goes down, they go into the, they go down through the lock, they open the lock, there's a passageway with a door. The Arab lady says, you first. The Jewish lady said, okay, it was dark inside. She goes first, the Arab lady slams the door behind her, locks it with the key, runs to the local constable, to the local police headquarters and says, tells the story that the Jewish lady she stole the keys from me. She beat me up. Go arrest her. She's in the cave right now. <laughs> they come. They're angry. They open. The, they open the gate. They look around inside the cave. Nada. Nothing going on there. Empty. They turn to the Arab lady. They say, "What's the story? What do you? What do you bring? a cup. What do you? What do you bring us out here for?" He said, I tell you, the lady was here. Let's go to her house. I'm sure she, come, she came up with some kind of a trick to get out of there. But, uh, but she, she's a terrible woman. You have to go arrest her. They come and they find the Jewish lady in her house. She's sitting as a laundress over this big vat of water full of clothes. The water is heated. They didn't have heating back in the day. How to get water hot? It takes hours to heat water in the old world. The, uh, the Arabs say come with us you're arrested you stole the keys you beat up this lady she said whatever you're talking about I don't know anything you're, you're, what, you, what, you, what you're saying she said I've been here all morning look feel the water it's hot couldn't have been hot if I wasn't here all morning right They said you got a point there and the um, the uh, they arrest the Arab lady Wow. Later, all the Jews. Everybody, the word gets out, right? These things don't just happen. Word gets out, and everybody in town knows something just happened, and they all they all come to the laundress's house, and they ask her, "What's that?" When was this? It was maybe 1500, 1600s. That's when. That's from this. I got this from a book of old stories that they tell in in Stand back a little bit. Of old stories that they tell in Chevron. and um, the lady said, "Like they, they said, what's the story? What happened? What happened? What happened?" So the Jewish lady says, "I have no idea." I can't tell you exactly. She told the whole preamble, how the Arab lady conspired and pushed her in and locked her in this dark, musty cave. And how terrified she was. So she said, all I could do was daven to Hashem. I daven to Hashem that I should have a Yeshua, that I should somehow get out of this. And Hashem evidently heard my tefillahs. Because the next thing I felt, and I can't explain any other way, I felt the warm embrace of my bubby, of my safta. And she took my hand and she said, it's okay, Hashem hurts your everything will be okay. And my Safta said to me, and it wasn't a Safta who I knew, but I knew it was my Safta. She said, my Safta said to me, close your eyes, and when I tell you, you can open them. She said, she let go of my hand, she told me I could open my eyes. The next thing I knew, I'm back at home over a boiling hot vat of laundry, doing my laundry, and then the police came. More than that, I can't explain. Yaakov vino lo mes, the the imahos lo mesu. What are they doing in history? They're davening for us. They're there for us. And they are. And if you feel them, they're mamish with us right now. They're tangible. That's what it is. When you come back to the Kibreit Tzidikim, Ramban writes like this. When he visited, in, I've never mentioned this before in, 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 in guiding Khevor, it just occurs to me, this Ramban. He says, when you come back in 1267, when he was here, there was nothing. The land was barren corrupt, the mamaluks were in charge, no, no, wrong, not the Mameluks. the Mamalukes were here, they just conquered it, but it was crusader, Mameluke Jews had a very tough time. He said, what's there to see? You come back to the Avos, the Imahos, you come back to the Kivret Tzaddikim, the, the tombs of the righteous, and they welcome you in with a bear hug, and when you, the, the way you get the bear hug is you become a Talmud Chacham. you learn all these stories to the point that they become part of you, they, be, they go into your Kishkas. And you, you become close with Avram and Sarah and Yitzchak and, and Rivka. And it's attainable to everybody here. So open up the svarim, and they come to life. Come to chevron, they're going to come to life for us as well. Gather your thoughts. We're about to go and daven by the seven steps. Caution, warning, you can dance, you can do what you like. Just Caution. Don't daven to the avos. Don't daven to Adam and Chava. They have no independent powers. It's all a Kaddish baruch. People make a mistake of davening to the tzaddikim. Uh, you daven to Hashem alone. You daven bespus the avos. They should be a melech to us. And daven big. Not very big. It's not every day you get to go to the Mars Machpelah. You're, you're standing in, in the in the same steps that the gedolei gedolim came in for thousands of years.